Coaches Chat. I'm your host, Betsy Foster, personal trainer for over 12 years. I started on a completely different career path and headed into personal training with just a piece of paper that said I could do it. I learned along the way, building a successful personal training career in commercial gyms, privately and remotely. And now I'm here to help you, whether you're a new grad, a career changer, or somebody who's already a pro just looking to get better. I'm sharing what I know, the stuff the textbooks didn't teach you, and bringing on other colleagues to share their experiences. And I'm doing it with compassion, big smiles, and a lot less bravado than you've come to know in the fitness industry. I'm happy you're here. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. So glad you're here. I don't have any announcements or um, big info to share so we can get right into the episode. We're talking five lessons that you should learn as early as you can in your personal training career. If you haven't learned them yet, I'm going to give these to you so you can anticipate them, prepare yourself for them, because even those Even though these are hard lessons to learn, some of them, um, they will serve you in the future. And so, yes, it's probably best that you experience them because sometimes being told something doesn't have the same impact as your own personal experience. But if you can anticipate it, it should help. And I think these are pretty universal. Depending on the context within which you train, they may be a little different, but for the most part, these are these are pretty universal. So we're going to start with number one, and this is a really big one to learn. You will not be able to convert all potential clients to paying clients, meaning you will not be able to sell personal training to everyone. It doesn't matter if you are the best salesperson in the world, the best personal trainer in the world, you're not going to have a 100% conversion rate. So if you know that, and you know walking into a session that this could be a yes or a no, the idea that the no that comes at the end of the complimentary session isn't as heartbreaking. It doesn't have as high a, it's not as high stakes. The threshold for disappointment isn't as high. And you can, if you can get if you can get a better understanding that you won't be able to sell to everyone, I think you will be able to be more of yourself. One of the biggest challenges for trainers who are trying to sell personal training is that they are trying to be someone else or be exactly what this what this person needs at a given time and sort of shift themselves to meet the needs of this person. And not that we aren't um, tailoring the experience to our our potential client or paying client, we can't do that at the expense of being who we are. And the nervousness, the sort of flusteredness um, that comes in those complimentary sessions where you know you're going to have to sell personal training at the end, a lot of that comes from the fact that you put so much pressure on yourself. So if you can get comfortable with the idea that you're not going to sell to everybody, then you'll be able to be more in the moment, be more present as yourself, 
And that oftentimes turns into a better sales approach. Again, because the people who are going to want to work with you will work with you. The people who don't won't. Typically, the conversion rate for most personal trainers is somewhere around 20 to 30 percent, meaning that, and that's a good conversion rate, meaning that for every 10 people you see, you're, you're going to get two or three new paying clients. And again, that's a pretty good rate. Some people have higher, some people have lower, and it might depend on when they're looking for new clients because we'll see different patterns of clients come into the gym looking for a trainer at different times. They might just not be getting matched up very well with people who are the right fit for them. Sometimes that happens if they're sort of cold leads. Um, you haven't developed a relationship. So there are lots of reasons why, but knowing that you're, that not every person is going to train with you can be helpful mentally, emotionally for you to be able to continue to push hard, be yourself and approach the sales process as just the start of the relationship. I have a lot of episodes on that. I'll link them in the show notes about how to get rid of that sleazy sales tactic and really begin the relationship building process. So that was lesson number one. Lesson number two, and this is a hard one, and this is one where I think people learn it, and then they forget it, and they learn it, and they forget it. And I, I've i had my moments here with this one too. If you don't stay firm on your policies, you will get walked over. Okay? The policies have to be there because human beings are human beings. And granted, I don't think that clients often have bad intentions when it comes to late cancels or paying late or um, kind of hemming and hawing about the details of the payment plan or whatever that may be. I don't think there's bad intention, but I also don't think that sometimes clients are aware that that kind of action can be a sign of disrespect to you. I say this a lot. I say, typically, when someone cancels all the time, I feel disrespected because they don't feel like, especially late cancel. If you cancel late a lot, I feel disrespected because I feel like you don't respect my time. If you don't pay on time, I feel like I feel disrespected because you don't value my services. If you are trying to get a lower price from me. I feel disrespected because, again, you don't value my services. We can't control anyone else's finances, anyone else's schedule, anyone else's anything. And sometimes the and, and all of those actions may not be as a result of disrespect to me, but that's how I feel as well as I have a business to run. Even if you work in a gym, you have a business to run. You have numbers that you have to meet to meet your required hour requirement. You have bills to pay. Everybody has bills to pay. So sticking to policies and not wavering from them keeps it fair. It keeps it fair. So fine, if you have a policy where you charge someone within 24-hour late cancellation, you need to charge it for everybody. Otherwise, people start taking advantage of your wishy-washy policies. Again, I don't think it's intentionally mean. They've just seen that you don't actually hold true to that policy. So 
they can do what they need to do, you know, and, and, it, and it's maybe like subconscious. It's subconscious. I, I really think most people are coming into all these situations with the best intentions, but it's important for you to one, keep these policies uniform so that you're treating all of your clients with the same um, level of professionalism, same level of respect, and holding them to the same expectations. Okay, if you late cancel, I can't fill somebody. I can't fill your spot. You're holding on to that spot. This is the charge. If you pay late, I'm going to have to add a late fee because this is the policy. This is what it is. And and I think it's very easy as we build these really close relationships with one-on-one clients to feel like we're being a bad friend or a bad person by not by 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 asking them to stick to these policies and I want to assure you that you're not no matter what your relationship you have to have some semblance of professional boundaries in your training so that everyone's treated fair so that you get your money and you get your compensation you get what you need out of your job as well as so that you don't become resentful of that experience. People who hem and haw or people who don't respect your time, it starts to create a really challenging relationship. And you may find that you're showing up to those sessions without the same energy, without the same perspective, without the same care for those people. So have the policies, stick to the policies. You learn quickly that if you let the policies wish and wash, people, whether uh, they mean to or not, will take advantage of your lack of firm boundaries. I don't know many trainers who haven't learned that lesson at some point. And if you learn it soon, then you get better at sticking to those boundaries. Number three, this is a specific to personal training I don't know how it works in other scenarios like group fitness and or group training. This this is likely not as impactful. People will go on long vacations and forget to give you any reasonable warning. I encourage you to create some kind of policy where it says like, okay, if you're going to be gone more than one week of your given session times, you need to give me two weeks of advance notice, or I'm going to charge you for the weeks that you're gone because I can't fill those spots. People don't quite realize that when you're on this sort of like one-on-one business, a a high-priced, a high-end service is going to hit harder when someone is away. And that's okay if people go away. You just need some room to be able to plan. And if it's going to be for an extended period of time, you have to have a, a reasonable expectation for. You have my prime slot on this day. If you're going to be gone longer than this, I need to be able to fill that with other people. And I need to know ahead of time. I need to know 30 days ahead of time. 
Again, people are allowed to leave and this is an expensive service if you're doing one-on-one personal training. So it is totally reasonable that they wouldn't pay for it when they're not getting it. But your time slots are valuable, your time is valuable, and your ability to make money is important. And summer is a hard time. And people who have um, expendable income for personal training can sometimes take four-week vacations. So find a way, learn this lesson quick, find a way to create a policy that ensures you have what you need when people go away. Again, one week, fine. You know, what am I doing with that time? Is it going to be two weeks or three weeks? Do I need to be able to have the room to fill that slot? Figure out what works best for you and what seems fair for your clients. But remember, on on that and that you've got to have some policies for it. And you also need to be able to plan financially for that for yourself. So you need to know that there are going to be certain times of the year where you have clients go away. How can you adjust your own savings or your own money allotment in the times when people are are there. So when you when you're at 100% capacity or 110% capacity, what are you putting away for the summer months when you're going to be at 75 to 80% of your capacity? Figuring that out. Um, these next two ones may sound silly, but uh, they're really important. Number four is you should always have workout clothes in your bag, whether it's in your locker at work whether it's in your bag, whether it's in your car, you could have two pairs. People will late cancel on you. And people are always frustrated as trainers. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out. And it's going to be so frustrating when somebody cancels on you and you don't have your clothes with you and you only have your uniform or you only have training clothes on and you can't work out. Always have it. The days are unpredictable and people cancel last minute. Find ways to just be prepared for that. Have the book that you want to be reading with you at all times. Have the journal that you want to do your writing in. Have your workout clothes. Whatever it may be, prepare for the fact that you're going to have breaks in your schedule. And how do you make the most of it? Because sometimes it can be frustrating to have that extra time when you are anticipating working. And number five, and this one also may seem like a silly one, but I think it's important. Early Monday mornings will always stink. They will. If you have a training schedule where you work Monday through Friday and you take Saturday and Sunday off and you come back to work with a 5.30 on a Monday your Sunday starts stinking a lot earlier and you can love that job. You can absolutely love training. But the shift from your weekend energy to your early Monday morning is really, really hard or whatever day you start your week. So figure out a way for yourself to ease a little bit more into that transition. That's what I suggest. I suggest easing in a little bit more. Now, you may need to sell those 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 5 a.m. slots on a Monday, but how can you find a way to prep your Sunday then so that that night isn't stressful because you're starting your early morning? I think that a lot of people's overall distaste for personal training after a certain amount of time is just because the schedule is so grueling. 
find ways to make some of those transitions a little easier. Can you do your early mornings Tuesday through Friday and work start a little later on a Monday to help you transition in? Can you end your day earlier on a Friday? Again, you're building your schedule and you got to be able to take advantage a little bit of that because that's one of the perks. In you trade that for the for the stability that's sometimes offered by a nine to five job. I mean, that is certainly offered by a nine to five job. So figure out ways to take advantage of the flexibility, the uh, sort of ever-changing nature. We've got to tune into what's great about this and what's different about it than other jobs and then actually take advantage of it. So if you get breaks or you get out early or you get to take a walk when other people don't get to take a walk in their day, like relish it, enjoy it. Set yourself up for the like most conducive, most, I don't know what, you know, make the work environment work for you in whatever way makes sense whatever way makes sense. And maybe you're not doing that in year one and year two, but to a certain extent, once you have a schedule that works, figure out ways to make it work better for you. Optimize that for yourself. All right, so I'm just gonna go through those five lessons one more time. These are lessons that are better learned as early as you can. One, you're not gonna sell training to everyone, meaning your conversion rate is not gonna be 100%. Be okay with that. Realize that some people are going to say no to you and then be authentically yourself. Show value in what you do and be okay with the result. Number two, if you don't stay firm on your policies across the board, people will take advantage of them. People are kind. People are good. These might actually be the people that you love, 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 but subconsciously, they will take advantage of the boundaries that you don't establish. Establish those boundaries, establish policies that you hold every one of your clients accountable to, and then you will maintain professionalism and you will maintain your ability to enjoy the experience because you won't be resentful. Number three, people will go on vacation for a long time and forget to give you warning. Figure out ways to plan for that, whether that be your own financial um, savings distribution over the year, as well as policies for how long someone needs to let you know ahead of time that they're going to take an extended period of time off of training. Again, maybe not a week, maybe not two weeks, but if someone's going to go for the summer somewhere else, they need to give you heads up And you have to have a policy for, will their spot be available when they come back? Figure out what works best for you and your clientele. Um, Something that's coming across in my mind is that like, if you're working with prenatal clients who are going to have babies and then who are going to come back at a time that works best for them, you may have a policy that looks different than clients who are just taking vacation. Number four. We're on four. I don't know why these numbers are so awful when I do it. Um, Number four, have workout clothes in your bag 
always. People will cancel. You will have the time. Have the workout clothes or the book or whatever you want to be using that um, downtime on. And number five, early Mondays are going to stink no matter what. Can you change that schedule or can you do something in your own life to help accommodate the transition back into that really early work schedule on a Monday? All right, that's it for me. I hope those are helpful uh, tips. A reminder that the podcast is now new up two new episodes a week. So we got episodes on Tuesday and episodes on Friday. I do have a podcast giveaway um, prize thing on its way. So as I have more details, I'll share it with you. But as always, um, I'd love to talk. Email Betsy at B, the letter B, fosterstrong.com or on Instagram, DM me at foster underscore strength. As always, I'm so appreciative that you would take your time to listen, go do amazing things. And until next time, bye.